You are listening to Mommying While Muslim Podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post-9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. Assalamu alaikum. This is Zeba Hassan, and my beautiful co-host Uzma Jaffrey is taking care of her baby girl today. We are sending her a lot of wishes. Um, she's just taking care of um, some of her medical issues, and I'm definitely praying for everything to go well today. Even though poor Uzma had to talk me off of a ledge uh, this morning, I'm just going to be real about that um, before I introduce my beautiful guest i am going to do our soapbox moment and let me tell you ladies and gentlemen i have a soapbox for you today um and i have the speech all laid out in my head and i realize i'm just going to talk from my heart and let it go so as we all know i am a highly um strong individual uh and have and experience a lot of anxiety um and i do have um some you know depression issues that come in and out and obviously throwing in covid the uncertainty with homeschooling nonsensical stuff in the world right now um it's just been a lot like a lot a lot a lot and part of my journey to Momming Well Muslim was to help find the answers to some of the questions, concerns that we have as Muslim parents, you know, and am I an expert? No. Do I suffer from imposter syndrome? A hundred percent all the time. I am by no means an expert in any stretch of the imagination, but what I am is kind of help aiding the journey to finding the answers. And that's by bringing on amazing Muslim moms, doing awesome things in their own careers, you know, having Uzma, my beautiful co-host and partner, kind of taking on all the political stuff because that's her jam, not mine. Um, And, you know, it's just been really tough because I think as you get a little bit of success, which by God's grace, we have been getting, you do have a lot of the naysayers that come out and say, oh, why you, you know, oh, so what is your background? What makes you the expert in this? And I guess my answer and response to those people is why not? Like I'm trying to be my authentic self. I'm not an expert in any stretch of the imagination. For every one beautiful picture I post on Facebook, you know, my babies sleeping peacefully. There's like five moments where they're beating each other um, bloody up to a pulp. True story in front of my entire neighborhood. And guess what? That's part of motherhood. That's literally the journey we're on. And so I ask everybody during these times specifically that if you see somebody, you know, kind of hurting or feeling a little bit lost, you know, reach out to them. And and I have a lot of amazing friends reach out to me. You know who you are, um, including my co-host this morning who was talking me off a ledge and being like, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done with this whole thing because we all have those moments. And I wanted to say here for the record Everybody is going through something. And to the extent that we can help you um, and help guide you maybe to the answers if we don't have it, that is my goal with Mommy While Muslim and my soapbox moment is over. But I am going to bring on a very special guest today. I have known her for decades. And when I say decades, literally decades, and she is (laughs) definitely an out-of-the-box mama. She is... um, 
Rubina Cohen. I'm going to read her bio. I'm going to read her bio that she sent me earlier, but then I'm going to tell you the truth, like the the real truth, because we've been experiencing everything together. But Rubina went from motherless, self-schooled, and a runaway to marketing strategist, mompreneur, and multimedia mogul. Really, truly, I literally saw it from the ground up, like where we would work on algebra together and she would mail it in and she was homeschooled and she took care of her parents, her, her parents and her, her siblings. And honestly, she's just amazing human being. And she definitely is somebody that's in my support system, even though she says that I've been blocking her out lately, which I have, I'm just going to own that. And I just wanted to introduce her. Um, she's a marketing strategist. She's one of our um, expert team members here at Mommy Well Muslim. So thank you, Rebecca. Cohen for joining and dealing with my um, soapbox moment. Uh, and so have you, you know, I'm just going to ask you your first question. Like, have you ever dealt with imposter syndrome, which is really, truly what I'm experiencing right now? Yes. I, I had imposter syndrome right before I hit send on my bio this morning, you know? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have it every single day. I have it every time my team sends me something that they wrote about me and Firefly strategies, you know, and you've literally watched Firefly grow from the ground up and, 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 and have seen the struggles and challenges in my own life. I mean, nothing I wrote and have in that bio is actually false, right? right. I think there are some connotations to words such as mogul. And I decided I'm just going to own it. And I feel like, we want now today advice from people that are more like us more and more. Like I don't want advice from a celebrity mom who has all the means in the world, has all the followers on the planet. You know, like I want people that I feel that I can relate with to share their guidance with me. You know, I don't even see advice like legal or medical or professional, you know, like, to me, like, I would much rather take advice from you than somebody who's like a certified mom coach, you know, like, who cares? You're right. You know, and, and we all have our moments of self-doubt. Right now, you are a mompreneur. You had an amazing journey. And especially right now, when we're specifically talking about, you know, one of my crazy things that I'm worried about, like the homeschool versus the not homeschool, which were this, she literally was self-taught no parents helped her. I was there to witness it. And she ended up being literally this multimedia superstar. And, you know, can you give us a little bit of insight in how that was one for you? And two, please give us some reassurances that it's going to be okay. Oh, 100% it's going to be okay. Like our kids are so much smarter than, than, so like, I was not a smart child. Like, I worked hard. And I was respectful. And I think those were some of the values that my parents had taught me that I think that that's, those are the things that we can impart onto our kids. I literally homeschooled myself. I had to, yes, fill out the work, put it in an envelope, have a librarian stamp the time and date and her mm -hmm. signature and put it into the mail. And that's how I went through grade seven through high school. And my parents did not help me. My siblings had their own schooling to take care of. I was the only one of five kids who was homeschooled. Do you want to talk about why you were? Yeah. So I lost my mother when I was 12. And my mom had been sick most of my life. 
um, in and out of the hospital. And um, then she left to India in 1991 and um, passed away there a few months after she went there. And we were all here in the States. And I had actually started homeschooling before she left. That year was when I started. And, um, you know, she passed away there and we were all here. And I was just like, wow, I think like she's not coming back now for sure. And my dad looked at me and he's like, like, this is your duty. You have to stay home now and take care of the family. And um, it sucked for me. I mean, on so many levels, obviously I lost my mother, but it sucked because one of my most happiest moments was waking up and going to school every morning. I know Mm -hmm. that is so odd, but I was one of those kids who loved to get up. I got myself ready. I, nobody had to ever tell me to get ready to go to school. I just loved school. And so the idea of never getting to go back or like not to me at that time felt like never, you know, because you can't imagine going to college one day at that age. But you're like, oh, my God, I'm not going back to school. And this is what my life is going to look like. And, you know, I have to cook and clean and make sure my little siblings are fed every day and that they have lunches and I'm helping them with their homework. Um, So I kind of became like the matriarch of my family. But on top of it, like trying to stay a kid and get my and be responsible and and teach myself so many different things that I can't imagine, you know, putting my children through today. Uh, But I'm saying all of that, that even if we had to, I think our kids have the capacity to be able to do that. And, and even if we decided, you know, we're going to be lax in the way we teach them this year or next year or whatever, I think they're going to be just fine. And yeah, so I I just want to say, like, I think it's such a worry because we had all these hopes and dreams and attachments to all these things because of the way things had looked for so many years. And there was a habit that we had built Mm -hmm. about what their lives were supposed to look like and we can't even imagine what it's going to look like and i think from a fear perspective we're thinking it's going to look sort of horrible for them Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's going to look like that at all i personally don't and i think they're going to be able to create lives that are just even greater than what we've imagined for them Inshallah, from your mouth to God's ears. But it sounds like, you know, in becoming the matriarch of your family, like I said, I, first of all, your bully was the best, her Heather Bali food, because she Mm. is a good cook. I'd be like, we'd go over to her house and I'd be like, could you make me bully? So I was one of those people that just added to her. No, I loved (laughs) it. The truth of the matter is she did after taking care of her family. Like I would, you know, be there, we'd sleep over and literally get up in the morning, do the house cleaning and the work. I mean, we definitely just had a different lifestyle than our children did. Um, So that resiliency and resistance, I think, is what you needed to be the strong CEO that you are today, right? Mm -hmm. And and you went, you in your bio says you went from being a a self-taught homeschooler to a runaway. Um, And I was there to witness when you did run away. So can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, my dad, as we call lovingly papa, um, you know, he had this 
plan for me, which was you're going to get married by the age of 17, 18. And then you and your husband can decide whether you're going to go to college and, and all of that type of good stuff. And here I am taking care of four people, five people, actually, including my father. I made sure his lunches were ready. His clothes were clean. The house was clean, you know, his house. So, um, you know, I'm taking care of five people. The thought of getting married and having kids, like, to me was just like, absolutely not. Like, I'm not doing this. I've like, I've had kids now. I've done the housewife thing. <laughs> By the time you were eight, 18, you're like, I'm done playing the housewife role. You're like, I'm over this. People. Yes, I'm so over it. Um, so, yeah, my dad kept coming to me with pictures of handsome men, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh that I was going to marry. And like, oh, their family is so beautiful. And, and they look like your brothers and all this stuff. And, and <laughs> I, so I'm joking, brother. but my dad did say that. And he would, la <laughs> he would laugh now, knowing that I was doing this uh, bit about him. But um, he would say things like that. And I was like, oh, my Lord, this is not, this is not for me. I just knew... I didn't know exactly what was for me, but I knew that wasn't for me. And I decided that I wanted to go away to college. Like I love school. I'm finally going to go to school people because sadly that's how I felt like what I needed to do in order to leave this plan that my dad had put in front of me. Um, I wrote a letter, left it on his bed while he was at work one day, packed up the vehicle and um, ran away to university. Um, U of I, which is two hours south of Chicago, which is where we grew up. So um, I ran away and my dad didn't talk to me for two years. He was completely just horrified that I would do it in the way that I did it. I hurt him so badly. Uh, but I, you know, and I see the the error of my ways and I probably should have talked to my dad. And we talk about this with my kids because she was like, did you ever do anything naughty? Leah asks, likes to ask. And I was like, yeah, I actually did. I ran away. I broke the bus yeah, and, <laughs> and I was like, you don't get to ever do that. And here's why. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, Papa was really upset with me. He didn't talk to me for two years. And then finally we made up and he realized that, you know, I have these other goals and dreams. And then he realized like, and I actually pointed out to him that he had in fact done what I had done when he was around my age. He left India at the age of 18 and he left behind his brand new wife, pregnant, and moved to Saudi Arabia and um, left without uh, his parents' um, blessings or anything. Uh, he just knew it was gonna be a good thing for him to do for the family. And so he did it. Now we are like, I'm very open and honest and authentic with my dad about where I am, who I am, all my passions. We joke a lot about different things. Um, and I feel like he does open up to me more than, you know, some of my other siblings because I have this very open relationship with my father now because of all the things we went through together. So you, like I said, you didn't necessarily have that traditional background. Like what do you feel you're doing differently as a mother now for your kids that you would give other people the advice to not kind of be in a situation where you're not talking to your parent for two years? Yeah, it's so hard. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I don't feel that same feel 
feeling, even though I've gone through all the things I've gone through. I think the biggest thing for my dad was he had such a fear about so many different things which were valid. You know, he he was raising kids without a partner, without the, their mom there. He was working a very, um, you know, hands-on, uh, what is it, blue-collar job. He was vac- making very little money to be able to take care of all of us and give us all of the things that he felt like he needed to give us. Um, he was very fearful of, of losing our culture, which I think a lot of people have a fear around. And so when you operate from a place of fear, you start to put these restrictions into place for your children that they don't understand. They don't understand your fears. You know, they, they live fearlessly. And so you're putting all these fears onto them and really what they're feeling is that angst, not necessarily your words. And I remember that. I remember I was feeling, I always felt like my dad was just like so angry or mad or fearful and worried. And, and he was, and, and for valid reasons, but we never could understand it from his perspective as, as his kids. So I think what I try to do is whenever I feel myself feeling the fear, I'll communicate it on some level. Like I'm really afraid, you know, these are the things that I want to see, but you know, and really openly talking to my kids about like, here's kind of how I envision your strengths and things playing out into the world. But of course, I'm sure you have, you know, your own thoughts about how, what you want to do. And just like not putting my own expectations onto them based on some fearful thoughts that I might have about, oh, what if she runs away? Or what if she does this? Or what if she does that? I'm listening to your words. Um, and and it's I'm trying to resonate with that because really right now, um, when there's so much unknown, I think a lot of what parents are doing are, are exactly that, right? We're, we're operating from a fear-based um, part of ourself versus our logical love-based part of ourself. And and the truth of the matter is we need to kind of change that narrative. Um, and I think that you really did do that. And part of what you do is saying, I'm gonna live in my genius, right? Like that is the basis of everything that you do entrepreneurially, um, if that's a word. Um, but what does mm-hmm. living in your genius, like how do you apply it to your business? How do you apply it to your personal life? And how do you apply it? How could we apply it in our personal life? So yes, the the living in my genius is sort of the phrase that I finally landed on in terms of what is my highest and greatest use on this planet. And to me, it came to me you know, through a lot of observation of the things that I was sort of navigating towards naturally in my work um, and personally, and then also through a lot of prayer and asking um, for clarity and uh, meditation. You know, I I know that you know that I do meditation pretty regularly and um, have always, I think, navigated towards this idea of of limitless living, you know, why put ourselves in these boxes of what 
we think because of what other people think of us, like why not challenge ourselves to do something really out of the box? What advice are you going to give to to entrepreneurs right now that are in this fear factor? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, what would be the number one piece of advice that you would give somebody like a client coming to you? Like, listen, this is totally new. I, I don't even know how to navigate this. How do you make them feel like, okay, calm down, live in your genius. This is what we're going to do right now. I mean, one of the things is, is it, does it make sense? For where you are, one of my clients, okay, like they are close to retirement. Um, one of their partners is sick with cancer. And they're like, I I don't even know that I want to keep the business open. And I'm like, what is the most valuable and important thing to you right now? And they were like, our health. And I was like, to me, that is that is the driving factor for you. And honestly, I think it would be totally okay, whatever you decided, I'm not going to tell you to keep your business open. No, I'm not going to tell you that. Um, Then there's other people who are like, you know, I just stopped doing certain things because it's so uncertain and COVID is so scary right now. And I was like, oh, what certain things are those? And they're like, we stopped sending emails. We stopped doing social media and then learned that social media and emails generated them a lot of money in their business. I'm like, that's low hanging fruit. You need to start sending emails again. And so I think what I do is, and I think I, I, one of the things I've recognized as my genius and I help people is like, I kind of can see that, that moment of where they need clarity and then like actually give them a map to like walk. Because I think one of the things fear does is it, it makes you unfocused and unclear. And so I guess the biggest piece of advice that I can do is whatever you need to do to feel clear, like clarity and focus on your next step, not necessarily the long-term vision. I definitely appreciate it. I know the last time the three of us were together, you, myself, and Uzma, we were in Santa Fe for a marketing retreat. Um, For those of you guys that don't know, Rubina is our marketing guru for um, Momming While Muslim. And, you know, we all happen to be childhood friends, right? So it it was just kind of like a fun girls weekend, my first one ever. Um, And we really sat down and talked about just that clarity, right? What is it that, Mm -hmm. what are you guys trying to achieve? And in sitting down and just having that frank dialogue, I feel like we were able to one, get that clarity to get the clarity and understand that, that we did need the consistency. And then from there, things happen. You know, the the number one thing she told us to do, which is kind of like, just go after it. Like, what is the worst that somebody can say to you? And that's no, right. And then you say, thank you for your time and move on. And I do feel like right now when things are unknown, thinking five, six, seven, eight steps ahead is probably a little overwhelming. That's thinking in that what I can do right now is reach out to that one person that I knew did this. So let's go ahead and do that and see how we can collaborate. And right now people are looking for those connections, even if it's just on an emotional level, right? Let alone professional. And sometimes things on an emotional level can convert to a professional level um, if people understand your authenticity and your genuineness. So I think that if you come from a place of heart and you kind of put it out into the universe, I, I do think that it really does manifest itself the way that it's supposed to, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember 
I mean, all the things we talked about in January and all the goals we laid out have, alhamdulillah, come true. Another really big thing, I, I really advise people not to keep things in their head. Just try to write it down as much as possible. Um, take the few minutes to just bullet point out you know, some of the little steps that you can take right away. You, you're going to have a journal coming out, right? And for those women or those, um, you know, obviously are, we're a mompreneur. For those mompreneurs that are really just trying to put things down on paper, when is your journal going to be available for, the, for them? It's going to be, it's gonna be available uh, pretty much in like two weeks. We have the monthly Ooh. version and the quarterly version. And the quarterly version is going to be available for people who are going to get like serious. And I, I'm, I was only looking away because I had my prototypes here. This I is love it. You know, that one's going to be mine. The one, the yes, one there. The polka dots. And then the this is a smaller size. And then some people like the eight and a half by 11. And I have this like nice sort of piece of genius. And then it's, it's just, it's lovely. And it is a journal. It's, it's basically because I, one of the ways that I cope and I dealt with everything that I was going through when I was younger is I literally journaled every day. Um, and I wrote down all my thoughts and feelings and it really supported me. And now I make all these plans and run my businesses and projects by literally planning it out week by week. So you, what is your next big project? Cause I know you've been working on your passion project for a while and I definitely wanted you to have an opportunity to talk about it here. Cause then it kind of puts it out into the universe. So you want to tell us a little bit about what you're working on right now that I'm super excited about. Yes. I'm working on ritual power and um, ritual power uh, really is born out of uh, another challenge I faced in my life, which is, uh, postpartum depression, anxiety, and psychosis after my son was born. And I had, I remember wished that there was a box that would show up every month that would have like these little self-care items for me that reminded me, you know, we have boxes for all these other things. I was like, oh, I wish I could get like, you know, all these nice little self-care things delivered to my door every single month and decided to create Ritual Power Box and formerly known as postpartum power box, which we can talk about branding a whole other episode. <laughs> we can um, have just one episode on branding alone. Like, for right. People, I know. We'll, well, we'll, we got we'll information. People, we'll direct people to piece of genius. Cause you do talk about branding and all that in your Facebook groups. And the genius she's very hands yes. on. Genius illuminated. I know. I have so she's many different very things. very hands on. I love it. I know. I'm, I'm like, what are you doing today? And where, what kind of, where are you taking over the world at this point? But no, I, I definitely, <laughs> Um, appreciate that she does talk about branding marketing so if you, if you just want to just go and hop in and just get a couple of um, pieces of advice talk to other people in similar situations as yours it's an amazing group to be a part of and we're going to post those in our show notes but I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about ritual power because I do know right now I mean if somebody could send me a box a month where I can just be like Oh my God, I'm just going to take five minutes to ourselves. I think that's what's going on right now. Our moms are having to carry so much on our shoulders in addition to everything yeah. else we had to hold up that we're not taking the time for self-care. We're not allowing ourselves the five, 10 minutes to decompress. So getting a box like this would be like a savings grace for me. And to take it further, I really, 
I, I want to see moms not say to themselves anymore, oh, I'm going to take five to 10 minutes. No, self-care is longer than that. And it needs to be scheduled and it needs to be put onto your calendar. And it needs to be number one at this point. It's really the mental load that we have to carry. Not to say that dads don't do it. So I, I want to to make that clear. You know, um, whoever is the primary caregiver, whether it's yeah. the mom or the dad. Um, but I think uh, a lot of studies have shown it's primary, primarily the mother. But it's to you know, it's the mental, physical load, and and it's the inability to ask for help too. Right? Like that's always been my thing. I've been super self sufficient kind of done my thing my entire yes. life a little bit on my own. And so when you're getting to a point where you're like, I'm drowning here, right? And I'm just being honest and frank and open about it because I do think we need to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're like, oh, what do you have to be worried about or whatever? No, I'm drowning right now. And yeah. um, I'm at I'm a situation where I'm like, I have to ask for help. And I have reached out. And like I said, you know, surrounding yourself with um, other moms that know kind of what you're going through or friends that, that they don't have to be moms. But in my particular circumstance, I have a group of amazing um, people that are part of my village that kind of help pull me out. So that is definitely super helpful. And I know I need you to hurry up and get these boxes together, girl, so that I can start ordering them for myself. Um, but I know we're going to be talking about that a lot more in Momming While Muslim. So, you know, um, feel free to, to reach out to Rabina. She is part of our group um, as, as one of our residence experts as well. But like, you know, you're talking about, uh, it, you know, self-care. What have you done this week to take care of yourself as a mama? So I actually took time. I went early, um, especially yesterday. And I, I try to do something for myself every day. But yesterday I went out early into this, like, I'm a nature girl, which is why I live in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And we have this amazing big open space in our backyard. And I took my journal. I took my coffee. I um, took a blanket. I sat outside and meditated and journaled and just like, and I just like let myself close my eyes and just rest and like soak in the nature, soak in nature and the sounds. And soon after I started getting um, bug bites. So I did come in. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like the bugs had an alternative I know. plan. But, that I know, but it was just really so heavenly. nice, right? Like yeah. it's just like a departure from, from the everyday. Boom, 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 check this off, check this off, do, 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 you know, my robotic little yeah. like list of things to do and to just break that monotony and just like refill my, my energetic cup. cup. And Definitely. it was just lovely. It was lovely. It was all that I needed. And, and it totally showed in how I responded to certain annoyances that we all right. have in our families, like I didn't yell at my kids at all yesterday, you know, which is Ooh. always a win. It's part of my filling my cup today. We're going to continue this conversation, conversation. offline. Yes. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation offline because I haven't touched base with Rubina. But where can our audience members find you other than on our website um, and obviously in our group? Where are the other places people can find you on Instagram and on Facebook? Yes. So I am Rubina Shea Cohen on Instagram, Firefly Strategies, and Ritual Power doesn't have an Instagram yet, but we have a Facebook group. So if you Google or in Facebook search Ritual Power under for groups, you'll see our 
Facebook group there. The Piece of Genius Planner and Genius Illuminated are have their own websites, which I'll share with you guys so you can post it into the links. But yes, we have multiple ways of participating in all of my multi-preneur projects and ideas out into the world and planet. So well, I'm excited for my planner. I know you were going to be sending it to me soon. So I'm super excited about that. Um, maybe I'll go out and like journal. I don't know. I'm always afraid of what I'm going to write down. And I'm like, yeah, I, I try not to do that. But one day I will when I, I'll get my mental health in check. And then we are going to go from there. But we're definitely going to take yes. this offline. Thank you so much for joining us today. Usma, we are thinking about you and hoping yes. Ron is doing well. Um, until next time, this is Saba Hassan and Rabina Cohen with Mommy Wal Muslim. Assalamualaikum. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Momming While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone.